0: On August 28, 1963, Martin Luther gave his famous speech, I Have a Dream. In it, he gave some of the most oft-quote phrases uh, in our modern society. I still have a dream, a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. One day, this nation will rise up and live up to its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. I have a dream. And later, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. These powerful images, these phrases that Dr. King gave to us, are the kind of things that vision statements are made up of. When we have dreams, when we have this idea of what we want to be, but we're not there yet. That's what vision statements are about. We started talking last week about the importance of organizations, churches, and other organizations to have a vision statement to understand, here's where we are now, here's where we want to be. This is what we want to look like in the future. And so that's why we have vision statements. And Martin Luther King kind of gave that vision statement, and it's interesting, he borrowed from the Declaration of Independence to say, this is the American dream. This is not just my dream, this is our dream, that all men are created equal. We want that to be who we become, who we are. Here we are now, we're not there yet. We want to be there in the future. This is what we want to become. He recognized that the society of his day did not uh, raise up to the level that the Declaration of Independence set for us. Now I read a kind of a funky passage from Deuteronomy about um, being moving into the land and the idea there was that I wanted us to be thinking about the fact that in the Old Testament The promised land was kind of the vision that people were setting their eyes to. That's what they were looking forward to. After being in slavery for hundreds of years, they they saw the promised land. That's where they wanted to go. Moses went up on Mount Nebo. He looked across and said, there it is. That's where God intends us to be. We are not there yet. We still have to cross deserts. We still have to cross the wilderness. We still have to cross the Jordan River. We still have to deal with the inhabitants uh, who are there. We still have a long way to go, but that's where we want to go. It's interesting, in his final speech, Dr. King alluded to that as well. He said, I just want to do God's will and he's allowed me to go up to the mountain, and I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. Moses was the first one to talk about the promised land. It's one of these great themes throughout scripture. Don't forget, don't forget where you've been. Don't forget the things that have come from the past. But we're moving forward. Look ahead. See where God is calling us. And in that Deuteronomy passage, he says, don't forget what God has done. Don't forget that God freed you from slavery. Don't forget God's mercies. Do not forget that he has brought you to this place. Do not forget that he will carry you on to the future. Don't get sidetracked by false gods. Keep your eyes and hearts focused on God and on God's vision for you as individuals and as a people. Now Martin Luther King pointed out, it's hard to get there. It's going to take a time. It's a dream. And even the fact that it transcends, this dream transcends leadership. He says, I may not get there with you. The importance of a strong vision statement for an organization is that it's not the leader's vision statement. It's the organization's vision statement. Leaders can come and go, but the organization says, this is where we want to be. This is where we're headed. This is where we want to go. It might be Moses. It might be Joshua. It might be Peter. It might be somebody else. But somebody's going to lead us to that place. So then we we jump to the New Testament. In the Ephesians passage, the Apostle Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus, and he provides the greatest vision statement for all churches. Paul says the church is meant to grow into Christ. What does that mean? What does that look like? In other words, we are meant to exhibit Jesus Christ to the world. We are meant to grow into him and become more like him, more Christ-like. Listen to again to what he wrote to the Ephesians. We must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, to grow into Christ. And as each part is working properly, promoting the body's growth and building itself up in what? In love. We're meant to grow in love. People are supposed to look at us and go, wow, that is a loving group of people. Those people love God and love each other in powerful ways. So that helps us to frame our mission, our vision statement here at First Presbyterian Church. The vision statement is actually in your bulletin. It's after the praise song, Thrive, in your bulletin. And uh, I'm gonna read it for you again. We're going to recite it later in the service. Our new vision statement says this. In Santa Ana, we strive to see people from every culture and from every generation Connect with Jesus Christ and with one another. Pretty simple. But it's pretty deep. It's pretty profound. Let's kind of look at some of the components of this vision statement. First, we recognize where we are in Santa Ana. We feel that we are called to this particular place. We're not out to... uh, Well, we are meant to reach out to the entire world, but Jesus told his disciples, go to Jerusalem first, and then to Judea, and then Samaria, and then to the rest of the world. So our first and primary focus for us at First Presbyterian Church of Santa Ana is Santa Ana. So in Santa Ana, secondly, we believe God wants us to reach out to people who are different from us. Not just people who are like us. Sure, we can reach out to people who are like us, but we want to reach out to people who are different from us. People from different colors, different ethnicities, different cultures, different traditions, different backgrounds, everything. So, from every culture. I was talking to a friend recently who said he visited a church, I won't say where, um, but it was a fairly wealthy portion of the United States, he said, I visited this church during the summer, and everything was good. The worship team was amazing. The preaching was awesome, powerful. It moved me. The people were nice, friendly, welcoming. The donuts were great. The coffee was perfect. Everything was awesome. He said, but I just didn't quite feel right. Something wasn't quite right. And then during the coffee hour, he realized, everybody's white. And he didn't feel comfortable with that. And I thought, that's pretty cool. Because 100 years ago, you wouldn't have felt comfortable otherwise. And I thank God for that. So we're about reaching out to every culture. Um, And thirdly, to all generations. I love that we have kids around. I love that they sometimes make noise and distract us during worship services. I love that because it lets us know that we're a growing church. I know churches that have three times the number of members that we have and no children's department. That's pretty depressing that our children's department is way bigger than theirs. So that's how churches grow, having that multi-generation. And Every generation, from little grommets, all the way to us older folk. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that. In fact, some of you remember Dan Reed, he was Anna Mae Melville's uh, son-in-law, and um, his daughter did a little video, uh, um, and uh, the soundtrack was from The Beatles, When I'm 64. And the opening line is when I get older, losing my hair. Many years from now, and I jokingly, I saw the video and I said to him jokingly, "Well, that, that losing my hair part is getting a little too close to home. And he goes, close to home, Are you kidding It's there?" Because <laughs> he's completely bald on. So, um, but we respect and love everybody from every age. Um, so and we want to connect. Now, connect is a kind of a funny word. Um, In our vision statement, it says we want to see people connect. And that's kind of a trendy, hip, cool word that we're using nowadays. But the idea is that we're connected. Um, And how I see that is that same kind of phrase that Jesus said, to abide in me as I abide in the Father, so you abide in me. Connected. Because Jesus, what was the phrase that he was talking about? I am the vine, you are the branches. Well, what happens if a branch is not connected? It dies, right? Sometimes I'll be clipping my um, shrubs and stuff and one, of, and one of the pieces that I clip stays in the bush. Well, what happens to that one piece that stays in the bush? It turns all brown and ugly. It dies, because it's not connected. So we want to see people here in Santa Ana, from every culture and from every generation, connect with Jesus Christ, and with one another. Because we believe that in that connection, we live. There's something kind of organic about that, being connected to each other. Now, here's the the busy work of your board of session, uh, board of elders. We have probably three hours discussing whether it should be connect, connected, or (coughs) connecting. Here in Santa Ana, we want to see people connect, Jesus, Connected to Jesus. Connecting to Jesus. We finally came down with connect because we think that connect is kind of symbolizes that it happens and has happened, but remains happening into the future. Um, We don't want to think of connecting every week like, oh, I need to connect like a phone call um, because I haven't talked to you for a while, but that we remain connected. So it's connect. I'm open to arguments on all sides of the coin, but that's what we decided, that we will connect. Because we're Presbyterians, we took three hours to talk about it. But we don't want to connect only with Jesus Christ, but we want to connect with one another. And and I like the idea of connecting with one another because it's it's more than just a a friendship. It's more than saying hi during the coffee time, after the service. It's it's a connecting, it's building relationships. Relationship that encourages each other, that strengthens each other, that empowers each other, that bears each other's burdens. That's what we want to be and do. So as you think about it, last week at the end of the ser- uh, sermon, I said, I want you to read the vision statement every day this week. I won't ask for a show of hands to see who did that, but I'm going to ask you to do it again this week. Read that vision statement and say, does this apply to me? And how does this apply to my church? How are we doing on that? Um, and then what I want you to ask is, after you read this, how are we going to make that happen? How? In Santa Ana, we strive to see people from every culture and from every generation connect with Jesus Christ and with one another. How? That's going to be what we talk about in the coming weeks our mission statement of the steps that we take in order to achieve that vision that we have. We have a dream that in Santa Ana, we strive to see people from every culture and from every generation connect with Jesus Christ and with one another. We have a dream. May God continue to direct us as we strive to make this dream